0: Good morning. morning. Pastor Henry uh, is not here today. He asked me to speak. Uh, So for those of you uh, new, welcome. And uh, if you don't know me, my name is Richard Owens. And my wife, Nelda, and I have been coming here for almost three years now. We took a little break, a little siesta, because we were like, you know, we're going to find a church close to home. And then we couldn't because we knew this was our family. We came back to visit and... (laughs) Uh, you know, when, when we came back, we just knew this was home, and Nelda said to me that Sunday when we were driving home, she said, you know, Richard, this is bigger than us. Uh, this, is, this is where we need to be. So we have came back. We uh, attended the new members meeting, and so we have turned in our applications to become members here. Uh, and in the meantime, I get to stand up here and speak. Um... <laughs> Before that happens. So what I'd like to do is I would like for us all to stand as we read God's word. Uh, and you'll have to forgive me. I am not. Uh, last time I tried PowerPoint and it, I made it. I'm a teacher. So when I put stuff together in PowerPoint, it looks more teachery than preachery. Um, <laughs> so I just des- I just decided to, to go old fashioned and use my notes in the Bible. So I hope you don't mind. Uh, so today's passage is called. Uh, The title of today's message is Foundational Praise, and we're going to be reading out of Ezra 3 today. So it's Ezra 3, verses 10 through 13, and what I would like to do is, along the lines of visualizing, what I'd like for you to do is I'll read the Word, and as I read it, close your eyes, and just let the Word of God soak into your heart. Let it fill you. The Holy Spirit will fill your heart and and hear these words that God says about building and rebuilding. It says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their vestments with trumpets, and the Levite sons of Asaph with their cymbals to praise the Lord after the order of David, king of Israel. They sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good, and his mercy and loving kindness endure forever towards Israel." And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and the Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, Solomon's temple, when the foundation of this new house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, though many shouted aloud for joy. So the people could not distinguish the shout of joy from the sound of weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far off. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Please be seated. So before I get into this, I may have seen the movie The Money Pit. Right? You know, I had a ha. Ha ha, ha the, I had that moment this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, I went to uh, a job fair, and I printed out the, uh, went to print out my resumes, and printer ran out of ink after the first one. All of a sudden, they just get lighter, 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 and I just look at it and go, ha, ha ha, ha ha, because it was just one of those days, you know, when everything's building up. So when I thought of that movie, though, at the end of that movie, they talk about how foundation. As long as the foundation is good, it doesn't matter what the rest of the house looks like. As long as the foundation is good. And so I was like, you know what? That's a great way to start off this sermon. The foundation is good. And then, you know, of course, my mom says, whenever you have a plan, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so that's what I did. I, uh, I came in and I said, you know what? This is this is what we're going to do. And then I heard a voice, and. I'm going to show you a clip of what that voice said. What was that? What was that? That voice just now. What was it? Field of dreams, right? Now, how many of you have heard God say, if you build it, they will come? That's what we're doing here. Believe it or not, this whole place here, this is God's field of dreams. We are living in God's field of dreams. This church here, the sanctuary, the whole campus here, this is the field. And all of us right here together, brought in by God, we are the players we are the people who will be sent out into God's field to play the game. And all these sections over here, these are reserved. These are the benches. Because you got third base side, you got first base side here. These are the benches. So God's going to fill these places here. These are going to be people who once we get tired because we've been playing the game for so long, he's going to fill these people with our supplements, with our reserved players. So we're going to save these seats For those people that God's going to bring in to help us, to give us a little bit of a break, to carry out God's will, to carry out his word. Again, we've got it here. Up at the top in the balcony, that's our bleachers. Those are for our fans. Because any team has to have a fan. And we know that if we're on God's team, he's our biggest fan. But then here amongst us... There are going to be those who want to play. They have the heart and they have the desire, but they may not always have the time. And they may not physically be able to play the game anymore, but their heart's in the game. And those are our fans. Those are the people who are going up there. And whenever the devil comes up, they're like, we need a pitcher, not a belly itcher. That's what those people are doing, right? (laughs) We've got our fans. So that way, whenever we're standing up there and, you know, times get hard, times get tough. And it's, you know, it's the bottom of the ninth. You got bases loaded. You got a full count. Three, two. You're standing up there. You're down by one, two outs. Your fans are going to sit up there. And they're going to hold up their rally monkeys. And they're going to be like, rally, rally. They're going to turn their caps inside out, upside down, put it on. Those are what our fans are going to do. They're going to rally behind us. They're going to support us. But it all starts right here. It all starts right here. We are the foundation. God has laid the foundation. He has prepared the foundation to rebuild his temple. For the church is God's temple. And we are all part... We have all been called back in. In Ezra 1... You know, it's funny. I have to say I'm a teacher because... Uh, and I'm a history teacher. So, when I sent Pastor Henry my first outline, he was just like... Um, did you borrow this from somebody? Or... Because... You know, And God's amazing. It just ha- so happens to be that in sixth grade, in ancient civilizations, we're studying ancient Persia. So we're talking about Syria, or Cyrus and Darius and Xerxes and Artaxerxes and all these kings that are out there that we read about in Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. So I'm studying this. So I'm like, wow, look at all this. Stuff. This is a great for my exegesis. I'm going to sit here, I'm going to add this, and Cyrus did this, and he was from here, and Darius was here, and I'm adding all this stuff in there. And it looked more like a history text <laughs> than it did biblical text. And I said, okay, okay, that's right. I need, to, I need to rephrase, rethink how I'm doing this. But it was amazing to see the way that God worked through this amazing empire, the largest empire at the time before the Roman Empire. The Persian Empire came in and God stirred the heart it tells us in Ezra 1 he stirred the heart of the king of Cyrus to send the people back to send them back and what happens when they get back they realize that the Babylonians had destroyed everything so they had to re they had to rebuild they had to lay a new foundation so what's what are foundations made of what when you hear the word foundation what's the thing that pops in your head yes Concrete, right, concrete. Now, who knows what type of material is needed to make concrete? What are the elements in concrete? Stone, gravel, cement, water, sand. Good. Four elements. You need cement. You need sand. You need stone, usually gravel, but you need some type of stone, and you need water. Four elements. That's it. Four simple, basic elements. To create a strong, solid foundation. And here in Ezra 3, in this passage here, we see four elements. Four spiritual elements to create a new spiritual foundation. People, programs, praise, and God. Those are the four things you need to rebuild. And I'm going to take God and I'm going to say Christ... And I'll t- say why in a minute, but you need those four things to create a new spiritual foundation. And that's what we're doing here. The first one of people, God's given us. We're all here. We are the beginning element, that first element needed to create a new foundation people. God has placed all of us here. We need people, we need builders. The text says there are builders who laid the foundation. So you need people who can do hard labor, manual labor, who can get out there and lay the concrete, who can stir it, who can mix everything, who don't mind going out and getting a little dirty, right? You need people who can sing. You need people who can uh, give thanks, who know how to pray. You need people who know how to play instruments because we hear about the instruments that are being uh, played there, that they played the instruments, Right, we hear all these things, and then you need people to shout. You just need people who, you know, you just need to be able to make a loud noise, and that's where I come in. (laughs) So uh, I think you know, my wife, she has like a an on off switch, selective hearing, because she'll sit there and she just she nods, she entertains, you know, whenever I go off on my rants about whatever. Political or historical uh, topic i'm going on and then she'll you know tune in right at the right second to say something Uh, But I can make a I can make a lot of noise and talk to people about nothing uh, Just because it's fun. Maybe that's uh, it's one of the gifts inherent in being a teacher Um, but If we don't have those people You can't lay a foundation If you don't have the people who are willing to stand up and say, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. If you don't have people who are willing to stand up and to sing, you don't have people who are willing to go out, get dirty, go out into the streets, go out into and and take the gospel out to the world. If you don't have people who are willing to do that, you can't have a good foundation. So you need those and we have those here. God's given us those people here, but it's not just enough to have people here. We need to bring new people in. And we do that, again, I I go back to Ezra 1. Because people say, well, how do we bring people in? Well, in Ezra 1, we see that God stirred the heart of Cyrus. So if God can stir the heart of a Persian king in charge of one of the largest empires of the world at the time, God can stir the heart and will stir the heart of the people in the community here. He will stir the heart of others to bring them here. Hey, again, another thing, I want to, uh, I'm going to flip to Acts real quick. Acts 2. And in Acts 2, we hear Peter, and it's right after Peter, it's Acts 2, 37. This is right after Peter gave his speech at Pentecost. And he was up speaking, and this is what it says. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what should we do? They're cut to the heart, and they ask, what do we do? When you go out and when you speak to people, and when you tell them the good news, there will be those who will be cut at the heart, and they say, well, what do I do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized. And so then we follow down, we go down to verse 41, and it says, Then, that they, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. In one day, 3,000 people. Amazing what God can do in one day with one person, right? Or with a group of people who are sold, who are solely committed to doing God's word, who are going to lay the foundation. He will bring, God will bring us to people. People will ask. God will bring them in. But it's our job to teach them and share with them the word of God. We have to go to the people and speak to them then when we go down to verse 30, 46, or, well, we'll talk about that one in a minute. Um, but you see that God brings in the people. And then with the people, you know, uh, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, Paul tells us that we all have gifts. Now there are various ...kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities in all things, but it is the same God who works in them all. And the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit all. So we all have different gifts to reach the people. We all have different gifts to contribute to the church. We all have different gifts... To spread God's word. But are we going to use those gifts? And are we going to use the gifts of God that he gave us to go out and to reach people? I won't say cut their heart. That would be a little, you know, could be graphic. But to reach people. Are we going to go out and speak to them? To share, to tell them what great things we're doing here. What great things God has planned for them. How are we using those gifts that God gave us? God gave us people. He's given us the foundation, the initial ingredients for the foundation. But how are we using those gifts? How are the people that he gave us, how are we encouraging them to bring in those new people to help fill the benches, to fill the stadium? More players for God's field, God's team. That's what we need to do. And one way we do that is with programs and Whenever we, in the text, you hear that it says that they followed the operations or they knew who were going to play the trumpets and the cymbals according to the law of David, according to what David said. In, in Ezra 3.10, it says here, to, uh, the priests stood investments with trumpets and the Levite sons of Asaph with their cymbals to praise the Lord after the order of David, king of Israel. So there were already programs set in place. They knew what to follow. And here at Riverside, we have a great program. The, the deeper program, I, I've heard great things about it. Uh, we still, we intend on coming to one. It's, uh, it's been, the logistics of it is hard right now. It's difficult, but we intend to come. But, you know, I, I was drawn to Acts today. Uh, just getting ready for this, but... I needed. I, I felt whenever I read this, I was drawn to this in Acts, and it says Acts two forty six, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from the house to uh, from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved, or, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And so I think of Luke 2.52, growing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And then you read here that by eating and breaking bread together, praising God, they found favor with all the people. So something as simple as getting together on Wednesday night to eat food, to have a good time of fellowship, and to share in God's word... Praising God, that is one way in which we can find favor and we can reach out to the community and we can meet those needs. And when we do that, when you invite people in and they see that church isn't just a, you know, sit down and tell me everything that's wrong with me, make me feel guilty about my life, and then I'll come in and submit. But when you show them that church can be fun, you know, when you show them that church can be fun, that show them that you're loving, caring, and kind people, they come back. They come back because they're like, I need that. I'm missing that in my life. And that's what's great about programs like Deeper and like when I hear about the youth and how much fun the youth have. I hear these programs and I see that they're going out and they're, they're really building that foundation. They're help solidifying that foundation, starting to firm up. And one area that I would really like to see firm up, and this is just me coming from a, a teacher and a father heart, is our, is our children's ministry. Because Vera has just an amazing heart. She is an amazing woman filling in, doing an amazing job right now. And she needs our help. Because one of the things, when, when new people come, first thing they're going to do, and I can tell you as, as a parent, first thing they do, well, what's the children's program like? If I have kids, I want to see what the children's program like is like. Because if the children's program isn't good, I'm gone. Because if you're not going to provide for my children, if you're not going to feed the children, I'm going to leave and find someone that can. And I, I know that there have been things going on. But one of the areas where we really need to strengthen and we need to step in and say, let's build that foundation is the children. Because if you want to talk about foundational building, building foundations, it doesn't start any lower than with the kids. You can't start a foundation at any earlier age than that little group that we have. You know, I don't remember all my teachers, Sunday school teachers. I don't remember all the vacation Bible schools I went to or all the crafts I did. I don't remember that, but I remember the stories. And when I went through a tough time... When I went through a time of fighting my dad, seeing my mom work all the time, I had those. When I walked away from the church, because I said, I I saw bad things. I saw hypocrisy and I saw all these legalistic stuff that I said, I'm not, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. When I walked away, I still had those stories. I still knew about Jesus. I still knew who God was. I still knew the amazing things that God would do because it was instilled in me when I was a child. They stay with us throughout our lives. But we have to build a program to support that. And I'm going to ask you to turn to John real quick. Last chapter of John. Where did I write that? John 21. John 21, 15, 17. And this is uh, how important having a good children's program is. So when they dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto thee, Feed my lambs. And he asked him two more times. If he loved them. And he said, feed my sheep. But who, who did he first say to feed? His lambs. His lambs. And what are lambs? The ones. Lambs are the little ones. They're the babies. We need to feed the lambs. We as the adults need to feed and nurture these little children. And it's just one Sunday a month. And, there's, I, and like I said, I know there's, there have been some things going on. But it's really important. If we're going to grow and we want to lay that foundation and say we're building anew, we're starting new. You know, we're starting next week. We're going to talk about the pastoral search committee. We are starting new. New foundations are beginning. They're coming up. And if we're going to start new, we're going to start new kicking and screaming. Right? And we're going to build these children up. We're going to create a program that's going to be the foundation of their lives. That will set them up on the right course. The rest of us, so even if they do walk away, they will come back because of what we've taught them, what we've shared and instilled in them as children. So, programs is an amazing thing. Uh, then there's praise, praising the community. And, um, well, real quick, before, I wanna talk one more thing about programs. And this is something that I felt placed on my heart after the multi ethnic co- cohort. And that is when you talk about programs and we want to go out and we say we want to be multi-ethnic. We want to be cross-cultural. We want to reach a diverse group of individuals. But when we do that, our programs need to reflect these individuals. Because you can't be diverse and have a single face or a single color represented on stage all the time. They need to see the diversity on stage. They need to see diversity reflected in the programs. And it's 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 simple. We could uh, some of the suggestions that were made were putting multilingual or bilingual signs out in front. It's offering uh, bulletins, multilingual, bilingual bulletins. It's uh, having a, a music array that reaches. All cultures, all generations. That was the other thing. It, was, it wasn't just multicultural. It was multigenerational. Because sometimes we, we cater to one generation, or we think we have to reach one generation, or we're going to try to pigeonhole ourselves in these one categories, a couple specific categories. But we need to reach everybody, all inclusive. And way you do that is you create programs where nobody feels pigeonholed, but everybody feels accepted. And you reflect it, and people can see themselves reflected in the programs, reflected in the leadership. So I ask that when we start to lay, and as we build this new foundation, we look out and we seek those who can help us and can give us advice on how to reach different ethnicities. And then we bring those people in, and we let them be reflected. And we just reflect God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, in what we do. Uh, it's uh, the phrase they use is kingdom community kingdom community and I want to turn to Colossians 3.11 and when I say this, Colossians 3.11 says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised barbarian, Scythian bond or free or slave or free but Christ is all and in all so it doesn't matter who you are what you are, where you came from Christ is in all of us and we need to make sure that that's reflected and we need to be appreciative of those things and I'm not saying that we're not but when we go to become that strive that Pastor Henry speaks to become multi-ethnic, these are things the small things bring them in when they see you're making an attempt to reach them, to connect with them. Um, you know, I, an attempt I was trying to make today, which I didn't feel 100% comfortable with, was coming in and welcoming everybody and saying, uh, bienvenidos amigos. You know? Because, again, it's my, I, I'm just, I'm learning very slowly Spanish through my wife, but it was just saying those things, but just having the attempt to say, bienvenidos amigos. Gracias por venir. Okay, hey, but just saying Welcome. Those small attempts will go a long way. And that's all we need. If we just make small attempts. Small attempts to reach people. And praise, I think we're pretty good at praise. I got to say, we can make a good noise. <laughs> and when we praise God, we need to make sure that a praise is loud enough that it's heard afar. That it's heard afar. You know, um, so let's try something. Just everybody say, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks. give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So I'll give you a trick. My junior high kids, I teach Bible as well. Whenever I teach Bible, they have to do memory verses. They have to stand up every week and learn, memorize and recite a memory verse. Every time they do, they go, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. <laughs> Love endures forever. <laughs> and they just kind of stand there for a minute. But that's not really giving praise to God. So let's do it again. But let's, act, let's do it as if we love God. Let's say, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Ready? Let's try it one more time. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Okay, but I'm still standing. I should be like pinned up against the wall back here. <laughs> All right, one more time. We're gonna say it again. We say, "Give thanks to the Lord for He is good." You know, like Pastor. Ian's, but good or, like, for He is good. His love endures forever. Ready? One more time. Ready? Go. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Amen. Amen. God is good. And. He is good. His love endures forever. And our praise shouldn't be limited to here. Our praise should extend out. It should be, they should hear, you know, uh, ever hear those people next to you whenever you're at the stoplight? And they've got their music so loud that everybody in the block can hear it. All four intersections can hear it. Drown them out. Throw some Toby Mac in and turn it up, right? Throw some newsboys in, turn it up, you know, the afters, you know, I don't know if you could do so much, uh, I have some Johnny Cash gospel hymns. I don't think that would do too much drowning, (laughs) but, um, but, you know, throw something in there, drown them out. Let people hear your praise, sing your praise. Your praise should be glorifying God in all that we do because his love endures forever. So praise God in all we do, in everything, every walk of life. Praise God. His love is good. And it endures forever. And the last one is Christ. And with Christ, John John 4 tells us. Jesus at a well. And he's talking to a lady. And he says, he is the living water. And so if we're going to take these three elements... And we need a binding agent. Our binding agent is Christ. Christ binds us all. He brings the people together. He brings the programs together. And he brings the praise together. So that way, in one accord, we can give praise to God. Because if we don't have Christ as the center, as the binding agent... The people will scatter and they won't have any focus. There's not one focus. The programs don't have focus. The praise is great, but there's no focus. Our focus is on Christ and what Christ has done for us. In Matthew 11:28 through30, it tells us that uh, if we cast all of our burdens on Christ, if we cast all of our cares on him, take up his yoke. The burdens will be light. And as we talk about burdens, I'm going to talk about easing pain. Because you hear weeping. And we read that there were those who wept. And I understand that our church, there's been some weeping over the past year, year and a half, two years. There's been weeping. There's been unsettling. And we don't know why they were weeping here. Here we know they were weeping. They were crying. And I know some of you have wept and cried, as we have, over seeing what's happened to the church. And there are some who are crying because those hurts haven't, they feel may not have been addressed yet. So I ask that those who are weeping, that we respect that. We honor the process that takes place, knowing that God will restore peace We can't ask why. As much as we want to, we can't ask why. If you want to reference, look to Job. If you want to ask God why, look to Job. Because God said, where were you? Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I made the heavens and the earth? We don't know why. But we can trust that God has a plan, that God is restoring this church, that God has brought the right people here, that he is building the right programs. We trust that our and our praise is being heard by God and that we are focused on Christ. We are centered on Christ and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So honor those who are weeping. Don't ask why. Just know that there's a process. Know that God is in charge. And know that God will help us go the distance. His love endures forever. There were eight times, eight times in Nehemiah and Ezra, where you read that the hand of God was over his people. Eight times, 22 years to rebuild the temple, but the hand of God was over them for 22 years. 52 days to restore the walls of Jerusalem, but the hand of God was over them because his love endures forever. It never leaves. He told Joshua, be strong and courageous. I will be with you. I will never leave. He told Moses, he told Joshua, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus tells us, I will be with you until the ends of the earth. His love endures forever. So let's strengthen up our hands for the building. Let's rebuild. Let's move forward. Rebuild. And praise God while we do it, knowing that His love endures forever. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward right now we're going to receive today's offering as we do that i'm going to ask for you to bow your heads please. dear lord our heavenly father god we love you we praise you father we thank you for your enduring everlasting love and as we give today father we give thankfully and cheerfully and we give out out of our heart for you Lord thank you for your enduring love and be with us as we as we strengthen our hands to do your work father in Jesus name we pray